I, I know it's silly. I'm trying not to do it anymore. And like, I was like, let's, I'm not going to do that. I'm shut up. I'm shutting up. Not doing that. The, silly. Our last episode had quite a few views. Did it? I shared it with my students. Um, that might be why. Is it pointless to aim lower than 100%? That was season two, episode 12. Here we are at season two, episode 13. It's possible that, because um, I, I switched all the titles on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's I hadn't put the sound on. Oh, you switched. So you put the title first, and then the uh, name or the episode tangents. number. Because all the our episode names are very long. They, they t- are not always. Last week was short, so maybe that's why. <laughs> I don't know, or maybe that's a question people have on their minds. I don't know. Well, today's question is a long question. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. When playing games. Is it better to win or to make people want to play with you again? In that regard, do you consider life as a game? There are rules to follow. You try to do what you enjoy, blah, blah, blah. It's a great question. Plus, I think it's like seems to be tailored for me as well. So it's sweet. Well, it's, not just me, obviously. <laughs> the game given, of life is a, is, is a phrase in a, in, that's been around for a long time, way before. I it has. And, and given that we started playing last night, which was very funny. Yeah, we started playing a game of fiasco. So I'm, I'm really, actually, really super happy that um, we're setting up a, um, a tabletop role playing game. I, I'm excited about it. Yeah, and I'm excited about using Miro as well. Hmm. Miro.com is awesome. Um, I've used it for workshops. I mean, to me, it's the best online collaborative virtual. The, the equivalent is mural, but anyway, let's let's go to the question. Okay, so I you could go a tangent about. Well oh, done. Sorry. You brought yourself back there. Very good. I do that. So I mean, I have to do that to operate in real life. You realize, right? I mean, this is this, this is, is the this is the hour of a treat where I get to. I mean, I do it all the time, and I do it with my students as well. Uh, I try not to stay on too long tangents, but yeah, do I do tangent for. I do tangents a lot in my lessons, and on the survey I did in my teaching. Uh-huh. There, there were a couple of comments <laughs> saying, can't always see, like, you know, <clears throat> the stories are cool, but, you know, and other students love it. Other students really get the, because I always link it back, but seeing the connections between ideas, I think is a really important thing to be able to do. And if I can, as long as I can articulate it, it doesn't matter. But sometimes I have, I have students who are very much like, teach me what I need to know so I can pass the exam yes and that's it so it's it's all a game which brings us back to the question when playing games is it better to win or to make people want to play with you again so I so one number one is I think just like the teaching thing well not the teaching thing but what you just said about you think it's important to get how ideas relate Mm. and how things connect with each other with one another Sorry. Um, I I think that I, I agree, and I think that's why we enjoy these conversations a lot. I mean, in mm-hmm. hope that maybe other people might too. But <laughs> but uh, it's I, I think it's not everybody's jam, and and if you take it as now, it's not sure. But for example, we both know Gallup Strength Finders. Yep. The the positive psychology psychometric test and an idea that. We all have a certain amount of stress, uh, strengths 
and it's better to focus on our strengths than actually beat ourselves out in the head for things mm -hmm. that we're weak at or spend too much time in our lives overcoming our weaknesses. Uh, and ideation, which is that ability to be able to see ideas and things and how they connect together that don't seem to be connected, uh, is in that test and in that worldview a particular strength, meaning that some people have it and some people don't. So it's not, I think it's not everybody's not, not everyone is as able or it doesn't come as easily to connect all those different things together in the tangents. Um, so I agree that it's important. And I also get that some people are like, well, that's not really how I think or how I look at things. Um, and, and I don't mean to convince the people that don't get that, but I think it's an interesting point. And where I was going with this is similarly, mm -hmm. um, some of the some of the psychology around play has mm. similar ideas that some people are competitive and want to win, mm. and some people are different. And there's different kinds of play personalities, which we briefly touched upon. And that comes from the book uh, from uh, Dr. Stuart Brown about play, and he talks about these play personalities, which are they're, they're, they they so he come up with, he comes up with eight different kinds of play personalities. And similarly, if you go to look to another sociology um, book, the uh, Man, Play, and Games from Roger Caillois, a French uh, sociologist, that I've talked about that book as well, another okay. foundational uh, essay and study on play and games. And he categorizes not necessarily players, but different types of games or different types of play, rather. Okay. Um, and so, so it's interesting to look at those different kinds of play and the question itself relates to different kinds of play. So whether one thing is better or not mm. is an interesting question, but it's entirely possible that depending on who you are, it's not even whether it's better or not, like it's mm. part of your nature to be playing in a certain way. Mm -hmm. uh, so for example, I know that I'm not competitive. Uh, I, and some people are really competitive yeah. and it's, it is in, it's part of who they are to play to win. Yeah. Uh, so and um, interestingly enough, competitive competition is also one of those. So there's 34 strengths in the Gallup Strengths Finder yep. model, which you you've been trained to coach in as well. Yep. And uh, so you you know even more. But I also I mean I, we've talked about it before. I know it really well. I enjoy this way of looking at things. Uh, I also interviewed uh, the host of their podcast, which is a really interesting podcast. If ever you take the Gallup Strengths Finder psychometric test to find out about your strengths, I would encourage you to listen to their podcast because they have a lot of resources where they talk about the different strengths where you can put them in action a little bit above and beyond just getting an interesting thing of like, oh yeah, that's kind of like me, which you could get out of a Myers-Briggs or get out of an astrology chart, to be honest. Yeah, it's uh, true. A lot of the time people do the test and then go, oh, that's like me, and then leave it in a drawer and don't apply yeah. it and use it. And it's sometimes it's difficult to figure out what to do with it. That, that's exactly. why the, the podcast can really help. And or, of course, they're, the model of the company is to have they have coaches, yeah, which sell their services. Um, but you know, you can hire a coach, obviously. But if you don't want to necessarily hire a coach, just listening to the podcast will give you a lot of insight on what to do with the information you learn when you do the test. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, I like the, the positive, uplifting nature of it. Yeah, it's, it's. And it's, I like the, I really like what you're saying about play personalities, because as you said that, I'm now thinking about how do I play games? And in, for example, in my family, 
when we when we have big family gatherings at Christmas, Easter, whatever, we always end up playing some kind of game, mm-hmm. cards, a board game, Jenga, whatever it is. And partly because of how I am, but also partly because everyone knows I work as a teacher. Every everyone looks to me to kind of get everything going. And it's because I I I follow the rules. I like the I like following the rules, understanding the rules because it provides a structure. And then, but interestingly, I mean, you're the leader. I, I mean, you're it's not just you're a teacher. You're, you must be some kind of leader that people would automatically look to you to. I go, think okay, so, James. You lead the thing. Go ahead. I think so. But then the interesting thing is, once I know the rules, I like breaking them and pushing the boundaries. And by cheating or. It, it depends on, on who I'm with, because when I'm with my family, there are particular family members who are known for always cheating. <laughs> yes, of course. Always, yeah. always cheating. But in so like when we were playing the game last night, I was just fiddling with with Miro. And then you, you, you it was like you put on teacher voice because you were like, yeah, I was unlock, guiding the game. Please don't, un- please don't unlock anything that's locked. I was like, oh, that was me. I just unlocked everything and then changed it around. And then it was, that was that, that I didn't mind. Uh, that's funny because I was guiding. So I didn't really pay attention to the mayhem on the Miro board, <laughs> um, which I didn't mind at all until somebody unlocked the thing. That's like the, my nightmare people unlocking and moving things around. That was me. Because <laughs> uh, of course it happened when I did a big workshop with a lot of people and I had a structure with people to answer all sorts of questions. And of course, when you have a lot of people just playing around, and that's exactly the same thing was happening, which is like a lot of people had never used Miro, so they're just messing around <laughs> and, uh, and probably not listening to any of what I'm saying on like what the workshop is about, probably. Uh, and uh, and then there was, and it was an experiment to see if I could do this large scale because I had like 30 people on there or more. And I had Interestingly, set up a bunch of exercises for everybody and it was all locked in such a way that there was a frame with post-its yeah. on top and you're supposed to only touch the post-its and answer the questions and of course some people just started moving the whole thing around and it was just complete mayhem and i was i was congratulated particularly for going like n- nothing was going right in that experimental because of course super experimental i was like uh, you know can i do a large-scale insight-driven exercise with 50 people on a mirror board and never have done this before. And uh, and this with professionals that I'd never met before and, and possibly appear completely ridiculous. Um, anyway, that's part of my like- But everything you're most, saying- Most normal fits. people would go, like, we're never gonna experience this with a live audience of people who could be professional peers, clients, et cetera. You should test it before. And I was like, I did a couple of tests with four people. Seems to possibly work. Let's try 50. <laughs> But interestingly, everything you're saying relates to the whole world of play and games. There's structure, and then people mess with the structure. So I like to know the structure before I mess with it. Yeah. And 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 that's like, but I'm not. I don't think I'm that competitive, really. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, so <laughs> uh, competition. So as we said, the, there's 34 Gallup's yeah. Strength Finder strengths. So you look first, the test gives you top five mm-hmm. uh, and ideas is in my top five. Uh, and there's the top bottom and competition is in my bottom. I think it's the last or before last. It's something that just like, I don't, I don't have much competitive fiber in my body. It doesn't really interest me much. I love to play, 
And I love to. What was the other option on participant was in the question that was? Is it so better the other, to play to win or what? Play play to win or make people want to play with you again. So that's I think what what's really interesting about the question is those two those two things are highlighted. Yeah. Be, better to play to win, or make other people play with want to have other people play with you again. So it's almost like. Well, what's really interesting is the person asking the question. Now, of course, I'm extrapolating. It may or may not be true, but that those those, those two worlds are mutually exclusive, because you could play to win and in such a way that everybody wants to play with you again. But that doesn't seem to occur to the person asking the question. Well, hang on a minute. Play to win. Even me, I'm thinking they're mutually exclusive, because for me, winning means dominating and being better than someone else. So you think you can be better than somebody else without dominating? You, you think you can play to win and have people want to play with you again? Well, one, so the fact that you play to win doesn't necessarily mean that you do. True, true. Uh, so now, and play to win is such a major trope in our society and like it everything is. to do in sports. And I think there's a lot to unpack even in just that little bit of the question. Like mm -hmm. we could talk about the idea of play to win for a, for a while. Hmm. Uh, and I think play to win is both great. Like there's absolutely, it's absolutely great to play to win. I mean, it mm -hmm. makes total sense in a lot mm -hmm. of situations to play to win. Hmm. However, there's also how it's said, and I'm thinking of, you know, I don't know, stereotypical characters in TV shows or movies, hmm. like the coach type, like the sports coach or mm -hmm. the father sports coach that is probably mean and, and you know you got to play to win and like there's a whole anger and just if you're not there to win then you're worthless so there's a whole area of very stereotypical value judgments yeah uh, yeah that and that is not play that when you go there you're not playing anymore that's not it's not a game yeah uh, and that type of character who tells you you got to play to win or you're worthless is not play yeah. And that, and actually, if you ask that character if we're playing, they'd go, no, we're at war or something like that. Mm. So you've, you've left the realm of play. And how do you know that? How do you know whether you are in the realm of play or not? Mm -hmm. You can mm -hmm. look at a few different areas. But for example, uh, so the, again, the two references that I'm thinking about are like my two. And there's a third that I need to read while I want to. It's probably my next book. Peter, Peter Gray's book, maybe? Well, I want to read Peter Gray because you told me great things about it. No, but I was yeah. talking about Hutzinger. Uh, Hutzinger oh. is a sociologist and psychologist, and he wrote a book. He wrote one of the seminal reference books about play called Homo Ludens. Uh, oh, that okay. uh, Roger Caillois refers back to in the 1960s, and that book is from the 1930s. Um, wow. Okay, I need to read that too. Yeah, so I, I want to read that. I know it's it's on my list. It's uh, I haven't read it yet. Um, so anyway, but he, he, there's him and Peter Gray actually has a good list of, uh, from one of the blog posts I read of him mm. in psychology today, I think I yeah. can't remember exactly, um, of, uh, the characteristics of play that are very similar to the ones from Roger Caillois and Man Play and Games, which is also, I recommend the read. It's a great read. So I'm looking for the, da, 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 uh, so there's a certain number of characteristics that say whether something is play so mm -hmm. uh there's six different ones and if those are not there then what's going on is not play anymore yeah and it's things like for its own sake isn't it it's uh yeah i'll tell you in a second Hang on. 
there's there's a certain amount of space to for things. There, there are definitely rules. Yeah, those are not rules. Those are those are characteristics of play because plays and and um, Stuart Brown in his book does the same. It's such a, it's 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 so one. It's a concept. So play is an abstract concept, but it's also uh, a human and or animal behavioral yeah, it phenomenon. Is. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's both yeah. those things, yeah. uh, and it's 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 a, which is why it's difficult to define. You have to define it using at the same time abstract concepts, and it's not like I can define it like okay, this is a physical object with properties in physical reality that I can describe to you. What the hell is that? This is a, a thing to open letters. Uh, what's it called if, um, a, a letter one. opener a letter i didn't even opener. it didn't even look like that i was like oh what is that okay right right i see what it's it is a letter yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it looks cool i'll take a pen not to confuse you okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> a pen okay it's a pen yeah it's a pen we can describe it if you've never seen a pen in your life i can describe it i can tell you what it does play and like a brand which is why i don't know whether it's a good thing or not but i'm explaining to my students how a brand is an abstract concept first before anything else yeah, uh, which is also because it's an abstract concept. There's a lot of different ways to define it, and rather than argue with all the people what the right definition is, the most important point is to admit that it's an abstract concept, and because of that, there's going to be subjective different views on what it actually is, and all of them are probably useful to understand the concept. That's a great place to start with it with anything that's abstract, because mm -hmm. sometimes I think people hold on to this. Oh, it is this. Yeah, they want to hold on to a true version, but except yeah. it's, it's there is no one true version. Yeah. Well, so people have convictions, and uh, so anyway, play. Uh, let me get to the. Uh, I have them around here. <clears throat> so while you're looking, I want to just mention this idea of a, a definite answer. This happens in my classes a lot. They, I don't want to tell my students. Yeah. This is how you answer a question. Sometimes they'll even say, like, play with it, grapple with it. You it's very it difficult, but it's very difficult for them to understand. One of it the is. things I should do more of, and I've been told by other uh, teachers, is to give them an example of what I mean by, you know, a, a correct type of answer. Now, I need I to do, do more yeah. of that myself because... Um, and I do do that, but the the problem is that they get very fixed on this way of answering a question yeah. and then when they go into the exam or when they produce an answer and i don't give them the mark that they expect they're like but i did everything yeah. and i'm like yeah but qualitatively it's just it's it's not there and then it's and it's a process it's a whole you have to explore which brings i think what play is it's this exploratory adventure <laughs> of yeah, so I've got them now. So there's six, got them? six yeah, core it? characteristics that are very yep. similar to the, six, the characteristics that Peter Gray defines them as, but this is from Roger okay. Yep. So one, it's free, not, oblig not obligatory. So you don't it's, have to if you don't want to. Yeah, you don't have to if you don't want to. And, it's, and okay. if it becomes forced, then it's not play anymore. Okay. Uh, two, it's separate from the routine of life. It occupies its own time and space. Okay, separate from the rest of life. Okay. Three, it's a, it's an uh, so it's defined. This is all defining play as an activity. So to know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Three, it's uncertain, so that the results of play cannot be predetermined, and so the player's initiatives involved is involved. So there's the concept of agency. <laughs> this is one, you. I, the two things that are funny is this is us yesterday when playing the game on the Miro board, but I'm also thinking of you and your workshop. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just had no idea yeah. what it was going to be like to have 30 people virtually. I knew the whole thing was very likely to go in disaster. But, but, but that's what I makes thought it, it was worth it. Uh, I, oh, I was yeah. like, I was pent on, I could do a, a video thing where I'm just chatting like everybody else is doing in the middle of the COVID yeah. pandemic. And that was yeah. last year, right? Yeah. I was like, I could do something that nobody's ever done before. And it could fail spectacularly or succeed spectacularly. Which one do you think it did? Do you think it fails? Oh, it fails. You think Complete, it fails spectacularly? Well, but, but that said, it failed in, uh, yeah, I think it failed spectacularly. Um, now, that said, people had enjoyed, had fun. Uh, it was something they'd never done before, never seen before. Uh, it didn't go well from a technical standpoint because they had people from all over the world. There was like from multiple continents, varying different degrees of uh, internet connections, uh-huh. all, all kinds of things to go wrong. Mm-hmm. And the safe thing would have been to do a talk with slides and just talk about things like, you know, I could have pulled out the six characteristics of play and blah, blah about it. And uh, and I probably would have looked good, but it would have been like everything else. And I was bent on, and I need to do more of these practice mock workshops that I once I was you, doing like the f- if you do, I, I guarantee I'm I know if you do it again, I guarantee you do it again, it'd be way better. It would just keep getting better. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And 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 so I think I, I didn't finish that one sentence. The one thing that people were impressed by, yeah, is how I kept my cool. It's like it seems like, and and I was told that I, I mm. seem to have everything in hand, and I was still smiling, going with the flow, uh, bouncing back from people saying, asking people to participate in the chat, taking care of the disaster of the mirror board, going on Zoom, <laughs> and I was like, cool, this is not working. Let's move on to the next thing. All right, how is everybody doing? <laughs> so okay, and while, so... and while it, I was very much like, you know, the uh, the analogy of the duck and water, like, yeah, the, yeah, like I'm gliding, <laughs> but just going, oh, this is not very good. So I can hear. So you, you've met, what was that? The third characteristic was it's uncertain, right? Was that, that the third uncertainty. one? So, so I can you, hear. You that. Don't, so there's player agency agencies, yep. uh, and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. Right. Okay. 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 Four. It is technically unproductive. I said technically, I added the technically, in that it creates no wealth and ends as it begins. So there's no physical, Uh, it's technically, it's not, it's intention, mm. which is where, this is where it's tricky to add play Mm. in work stuff, which is also Mm -hmm. interesting. Mm. Technically, you don't produce new goods, new material, new thinking, but it does facilitate a lot of that, I also say, but it's... um, Anyway, it's got so number five, it's governed by rules that suspend ordinary laws and behaviors and the and that must be followed by the players. Okay, so you arbitrarily decided there are new rules and there are a set of rules. Okay. Anyway, whatever they are. At six, it involves make believe that confirms for players the existence of imagined realities that may be set against real life. Of course. Oh, do you know I'm like inspired to take these six and use them to plan every single lesson and just because sometimes in my lessons I, I i was teaching a lesson last week mm-hmm. and i had the, i had the class in groups and they were doing a present they were they were giving like a short presentation about things and then i was getting the class to rate what they thought of the presentation and the content and then i was marking it on the board and the class were like you know they were participating they were, they were you know going for it so much so because i had the door open another staff member 
poked his head round to see what was going on. Like, and it, it was it was one of those moments where I was like, "Oh dear, have I lost control of the class because an, <laughs> because another teacher is looking in? Do, do I look really bad?" Like it was because if that happens in a school, if another teacher is checking what's going on, that's generally not a good thing. It's not a good thing. And I did have a fleeting like experience going, oh my God, this is so bad and whatever. The class were completely engaged. They were just like talking over each other and debating about it shouldn't have been out. Of, it should have been three, like that, that whole thing. There was that edge of every everything that you're saying. I, I can hear that was happening. It, it was, it was going on. And but I think, I think yeah. that would be, this idea of understanding the game and play and bringing that to planning lessons for teachers would be amazing. I agree with the, uh, so, because when there's another one, and I talk about a play state of mind, and Stuart Brown you, talks yeah. about that in, in play. Uh, well, I'm repeating what he's saying, but it's, so you talk about a state of mind also, because I'm trying to bring those ideas within a work environment, which some yeah. people think is kind of popular, but I got to be a little bit careful about how I do it. Uh, but the class thing is the same. So the, yeah. the play, play when you bring it and when it's there, and you can feel it as a vibe. Yeah. Uh, it's it doesn't so it creates vitality. It generates creativity, new ideas. Uh, vi you know, so a lot of energy and a lot of really positive, fantastic things. And the opposition between work and play. So work and play are not actually opposites in the first mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Uh, we made them so. Mm. And reading a book like Discipline and Punish, Discipline and Punish is the creation of everything to do with productivity, <clears throat> that to be able to be productive, you need to be silent, you need to be staying in a row, you need to be following. It's the destruction of play. And mm. it's really interesting. And in the, in the name of productivity, because play is not productive. Play is, is more chaotic. It's closer to chaos, but but... But not really, because to have play, you need the people need to be following a certain amount of rules. Otherwise, it's just chaos. So, but it's, but if you think about chaos and order on that kind of traditional spectrum, mm. it is going a little bit more towards the chaos than it is towards the full order. At least it seems to be that way. And you're uh, describing and then, you're describing my classrooms. I think it's I think it's awesome, and we learn. And by the way, we learn through play. We learn a lot more through yeah. play than we do through uh, anything else. But that, yeah, that's what Peter Gray talks a lot about. He talks yeah, about of course, because that's what his book is and, about. I think, right? And yeah, I, I want to read it. And schools are designed. Cause that's what that's yeah. from Discipline and Punish. Schools uh. are designed. For <laughs> They're designed for discipline because in the Industrial Revolution, that seems to be the best way to organize people, and what's needed is to organize and beat the, the vitality and the play out of people. But they don't see it as beating the vitality or the play, but they see it as, you know, the small kids have got all this energy, we got to beat it out of them to make them productive members of society. And work is a, work is a, uh, a uh, this is coming from the sociologist Max Weber mm -hmm. on the idea of, so work is a, so work is a, um, uh, Protestant, basically a Protestant virtue, and it's a, it's a Judeo-Christian mm -hmm. virtue as well, but more so on the Protestant side of things, Northern Europe, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, than the Catholics. That actually, so I was talking about Max Weber, because Max Weber has a whole book in which he 
<clears throat> he's a sociologist and philosopher, and he distinguishes and looks at the differences between Southern Europe that is more predominantly Catholic and Northern Europe that is more Protestant. And Northern Europe wow. tends to be more, um, or at least stereotypically, but it's, it's kind of true, it has the reputation for being more productive, more busybody, more working mm -hmm. uh, than Southern Europe that tends to be a little bit more taking it easy and more charity, more family uh, values. Not that the North doesn't have family values, but you know, big table mm -hmm. with a lot of people around the table enjoying mm -hmm. a Sunday afternoon of uh, carousing and a big family meal. Whereas the stereotypical, like from my father in the Netherlands is gonna be, you know, the people don't talk around the table. You eat and you eat to be fed and that's done. It's just, I'm exaggerating massively, of course, right? Yeah. Hey, but, yeah. <clears throat> but as a, it's, we're talking as a system over the overall and- um, And it's, it, it's interesting when you start to point out what's happening at a kind of deeper or higher level, because I do say that to my students, it's my job to beat the creativity out of you. I've said yeah. that, especially the older ones. And then, and you can where I was see- going. So the play, play is something that's innate, it's biological. Oh, wow. Because all, okay. all yeah, mammals yeah, yeah. play, yeah, it is, all yeah. animals play. Whereas yeah, work do. is not biological, but work is a made up human thing. This is good. Which is why yeah. they're not opposites in my mind. They were created as they were, um, we generated them being opposite in the in view of work, but play is mm. natural. Yeah. Work is not natural. Work is something that's made up by human society. There's nothing wrong. It's just it's just saying that I'm just saying that they're not opposites, they're just different concepts. No, and, and I think this is a I think that's a great point that you're making because too often we don't think of that. I don't think of I, I was we were talking about motivation in, in, in business in one of my classes mm -hmm. and I said that doing a good job and wanting to do a really good job and get it and improve it and make it better motivates me and this one student was like nah you're lying no 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 way no way no way it's all about money there's no way that you do your job just because you want to get better and just because you want to do the best and I was like yeah kind of it sad is to think that isn't it it is that's and that's what he thinks and this is a this is a student who wants to be a doctor and he and that and he, he's a sharp cookie he knows he's he's not you know he's not just messing around for the sake of it he's he genuinely thinks that because i i didn't believe him that he thought that and he's like you know he, he he really thought he couldn't get his head around that i would actually think that what motivates me is i want to do a good job and i want to be the best and i want to make things better he could not conceive that and it's it's really interesting listening to you like separate this like work is a whole made up human thing and play is innate it, it makes it, yeah i know that but i don't it doesn't get articulated very much yeah the, and play is not necessarily chaotic and then again yeah, the back yeah, yeah. to our play personalities yes so we list the eight ones that come from the book play from stuart brown uh the eight ones are the joker the explorer the artist or creator, the storyteller, the kinesthet, the competitor, the collector, and the director. And uh, some of those are going to be more prevalent in the films, the things we see in what's embodied yeah. in our politicians and, than and others. Typically, you're not just one, you might be two, but you, it would immediately come to you like which ones you probably tend to major on, hmm. right? Because it's not really... Um... So the... Of course, back to the question, is it better to yeah. play to win? If you're a competitor, you probably do that anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and is it but but again i find the the, the correlate the um the juxtaposition funny to say like is it better to play in such a way that people want to play with you again so i'm like well why why wouldn't you do that anyway regardless or is the person asking the question have do they have issues on playing with other people is there something going on there i don't know but i was i would say that if you play then of course you want to take care of other so the, i think that's an important part of the question to come back to it whatever mm -hmm. you're playing mm -hmm. uh look after other people of course mm -hmm. you like mm -hmm. play in a way that you want to play uh, that you would want them to how does it formulate it again uh, want them to play with you again something like that is it better to win or to make people want to play with you again Okay, I can actually say this is doubly interesting. To make, so you, you can't, so one, to be sure, like this is another tangent, but it's, it is related to the question. You can't make people do anything. Yeah. Or you can't make people want anything. Yeah. You can look like you're forced, you can force them, you can dominate them, you can uh, manipulate them, but you can't make them or unless you force them. But really, that's not what you want, because then again, that's not play. All of mm. those things that are described are moving away from play. Manipulation, force, coercion, mm. um, it's not play. Now, I know it's semantics, but it's interesting to dig into the semantics because we think that, oh, I can make people, and you, know, you can't make people do anything. What about with play? You can, you can what you, the best you can do, <clears throat> not the best you can do, but, um, you can, what I was just saying before, look after mm. people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Be considerate. Now, yeah. we, it's never a surefire, it's, it's never a surefire process. You don't really know what's going on in other people's minds. Uh, one very bad idea, and we do it, we all do it. We all do it at some other point. It's just uh, because it's so easy to yeah. see how other people are uh, based on our perspective. What I mean by that, is we all have blind spots, right? In the sense that yeah. we don't necessarily see how we behave. We don't necessarily see what kind of impact it has on others. Mm -hmm. uh, and by that, I mean blind spots. And, and when we talk about better knowing each other or ourselves, it's all the different ways that you might use to discover your blind spots. So strengths finders and meditation, everything that can, we talk about all the time. You can relate that to strengths because the, the Clif it's actually called, they don't call it strengths finder or they call it Clifton strengths. Oh, named after the guy Don Clifton who created the idea and the we our strengths give us a useful way of realizing we see the world in a particular way yeah. and then we think that we forget that other people see the world in a completely different way sure and then that's when you end up with butting heads with people yeah. forgetting that you're you're just doing things the way you think because that's yeah. what you're brilliant at and someone else is doing it their way because they're brilliant at that but not you know the, the the way i like to remember it is the if you have a hammer everything becomes a nail yes and, you, and, and we, it's really love easy to, to explain to other people how they are yes and, or tell them their faults or how they could improve or whatever they're not seeing and we, we often believe that it's in service of them Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. particularly if you're with close friends mm -hmm. but it usually most of the time it's some wild coaching where you well one you're telling them something that they don't see themselves mm. and also you're telling them things from your perspective that just look different from theirs so uh, in the end really what you're doing most of the time is you're beating them on the head like with a hammer
and thinking they're a nail and they're not a nail they're your friend or they're just a, they're another person <laughs> that see the world very differently from you but what's well what get- another idea on like listening to the other people person's world rather than telling them how they are and how they should be living or how they should be being now play seems to facilitate that we, I don't know, we might have that- gone a little bit further out no, I don't think we have because I think play facilitates that kind I think of coming it does. together I think of people. If you if you pay attention to the characteristics, mm. uh, then so for example, it's it's voluntary. So if you're doing anything that is forcing anybody, mm. it's not play anymore. And usually we do that without realizing. So mm. why would people want to play with you? Well. I guess just you know be yourself approach the game of life because there was was there another part of the sentence yep, on the game there of is, life so we didn't yep. address that yet so the second bit of the question is in 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 regards to the question about playing games do you consider life as a game yes i do well you I mean it's a colloquial like the game of life that we mentioned at the beginning and uh i do when i it's one of those funny ones that i probably do when i don't and i don't when i do you have to explain that. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, so you're playing the game of life as a game where you're not yeah. paying attention to the fact that it is a game. You're just enjoying your life. Mm-hmm. The moments when I'm questioning, that I'm worrying, that I'm being anxious of what I've said or that I'm, you know, I don't know, that I'm, whatever anxiety I might be having or if I'm beating myself on the head or feeling emotionally embarrassed about something that I mm-hmm. did or, or feeling a little bit down or whatever, though, those are the moments where I am not playing a game. It's all very serious. It's about what I've done or how I'm feeling. And then that point, it's not a game. I'm not experiencing play anymore. Mm-hmm. So if you're not experiencing play, you're not playing a game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. But I probably am playing the game of life. And so simply said, if you are in a state of mind of play, then you're playing. And what you're doing every time you're drawing breath is living. So that's the game of life. That's it. And if I'm not experiencing play, I'm not playing the game of life. Mm-hmm. And seeing life as a game, well, ultimately, yes, it is. It's, it's, it's a game where as far as we know, or as far as I know, you get one life, not more than one. And it lasts until it lasts. And... Uh, I mean, you, you, you can then define exactly what you want to take out of it, but usually there's a lot that's already defined on top of you, particularly when you're developing for a lot of your students and our students that are still developing, and we're still developing throughout a whole, all our lives, yeah, all our lives. So to understand yourself better is understand everything that you're coming with, as in all the different things that played a massive influence on the way that you grew up. Mm-hmm. Your environment, your parents, your own genetic makeup and your personalities that comes through, you know, well, probably a part genetic nurture versus nature, which go figure exactly which what the what the half and half is between how you were brought up and what your personality in its in it personality might be. All of those things contribute. And uh, so better understanding them is like is like better understanding your token, the board, the rules and there's not really any massive rules aside from uh the ones that you've been taught to, oh i broke my pen anyway <laughs> uh the ones that you've been taught the ones that uh that are technical you know just i don't know the the, the law of the country where you I mean live. you could say culture is a set of rules 
It is a set of rules. Culture is a set of rules, a set of attitudes, a set of norms. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're born into. And that becomes the game that you play. And certainly everything you said, I I think everything you said is really great. And it's not, and it's not just, there's not just one. So there's probably 8 million games going on at the same time. There's a lot of conventions from a lot of people about how it should play, be Mm -hmm. played. Mm -hmm. But there's also no, technically, if you're playing, there's no invalid one. So your student who says, well, actually, what's worth it? What did he say? It's like money? No. What was the driving? He he said he didn't believe that I was motivated by wanting to do the best that I could. What was motivating him? That's not sure. Not sure. He, he, well, it was more because I specifically asked him to write a paragraph about what motivates Mr. D'Souza. And they were like, money, paycheck, money, game or money, promotion. And then some of them did say, like, the teaching children and the, that was pretty much it, actually. That was all they said. Where, where I was going with this is whatever motivates them. Uh, is technically as valid as whatever motivates you yeah. to something else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, there is also, generally speaking, a lot to be discovered about what motivates you and whether it's a game or not, because a lot of times it isn't. Or we're not even aware of what it is. Oh, we're not aware of what drives us most of the time. Yeah. Mm. But if you feel forced into doing something and it's like, this is the way things should be, then it's probably not play anyway. And again, you are when when you are inside of play, you know that you're in a play state of mind and that that's when you're playing the game of life. And when you're not. Does that mean if you're. Can you play without other players? Could you play by yourself? Yes, you can play by yourself. I said by. Yeah, yeah, of course. Not with. Yeah, because play is a a state of mind. Sorry, I couldn't miss that one up. Play, if you take a play as being a state of mind and it's an activity with the characteristics that we described earlier, right? Mm-hmm. So as long as those characteristics is, are present, then you're playing. Mm. Now, do you need to do anything to be playing the game of life? Well, drawing breath. Technically, as long as your heart's beating and you're drawing breath, you're in the game of life. This is, but but this is the philosophical concept. You don't necessarily, you're just like, what? I'm breathing. Yeah, I'm living. Yes, you are. You could also say, well, yeah, I'm living and then playing the game of life. The, and I, yeah, I, I, this I use is it. great. Now, so you don't have to, this is this whole thing of the game of life. Of course, you don't have to. You could just say like, well, I'm just living. You're like, well, yes, of course. But I found it kind of cool to be thinking, well, all right, well, I could see this whole thing as a game. And it doesn't mean not taking it seriously. When you yeah. play a game, you can take it yeah. very seriously. And this is a game I would encourage you to take very seriously, but not necessarily significantly. So you have to explain the difference between serious and significant. So I mean, uh, so significant means it's like heavy. Significant mm-hmm. means you're putting a lot of weight to the meaning of it, mm. right? And we do that naturally. But, but typically, if we're putting a lot of weight to something, there's a lot of uh, rather negative emotions that are showing up that make it that you're probably not in a, in a, it's a state of mind to play at that particular point. Mm. So if you're feeling bad about yourself or you did something that you're kind of embarrassed by or you had uh, just rejected uh, and we, nobody likes being rejected for whatever, right? mm. let's say for work or you had a bad grade or 
you wanted to date somebody and they said no, or you were dating somebody and they cut it off. Uh, all those different feelings. And it's funny because I was talking to a student this week about her internship mm. uh, for work and, um, and it didn't go as planned. Uh, and so mutually, they mutually agreed to end the internship with their employer. Okay. Um, and you could do, and you could transpose that situation to whatever environment you can transpose it. Cause I had something very similar recently in, in romantic life with somebody I had a few dates with, uh, even though I didn't necessarily, not that I didn't care at all, but it wasn't, I was like, okay, this isn't probably not the right thing. And in the case of the student with the work, it was not working. Mm. So on one, but it's still not nice to be rejected, even though you didn't want it. That was my point. Yeah. Uh, the point being that the feelings of rejection make it that you're not uh, in play. And typically when you start going feeling rejected or whatever, you have some kind of negative feeling, emotion, something that didn't work out, yep. then it's heavy and then it's significant. And then you're not playing, not playing the game of life probably at that particular point. Um, so if, you, if, but if you're in, like, so playing the game seriously is also another analogy as being in the zone, the flow, the concept of flow. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at, and if you've seen the movie Soul that we've talked about before, where they talk mm -hmm. about the concept of flow from the famous psychologist, Michael, <laughs> I know that it's not that difficult to say, but every time I Isn't it? his name is. Uh, whenever Sism I think, Sismens, I know who you mean. Sismens, I, since Mensiali, something like that. I, I know the one you mean. I'm sorry, butcher his name every time, probably far from being the only one, but the idea being that like big sports people, players, and sport is, is play, it's a game. They take it extremely seriously when they're, and they are in, being in the zone is you're there, you're in a state of flow and high levels of play bring that state of flow. But that's taking it extremely seriously, but probably not significantly in a way at that particular point when you're in a state of flow, when you're in the zone, mm. you're not worried about whether you're doing well or not, thinking that you did badly, thinking that you're doing badly, being worried about the last time where you lost or what your dad said when you were a kid or even yesterday. You're not thinking about all those. No, things. you're, you're totally focused on that one thing. Yes, exactly. So, mm. uh, so that's what I'm talking about. And to bring it back to the question, if you're worried about making people wanting to play with you again, you're not in the flow and you're not taking the, you're not probably in the seriousness of the game and playing to win. Even when you're in, when you're in the zone, you are playing to win, but you're not worrying about winning. You're worrying about what you're doing in the game. You're worrying about the game. You're worrying about the play. But you, if, does it, do you understand what I mean, what I'm saying? So like the highest. Yeah, no, time stands fitness, still. They're so they're in the moment. Yeah, they're dealing with whatever is in yes. front of them for them to deal with. Yes. Like you know, running, cycling, whatever. It's what's happening right now that is all there is. And you read so much about it's, and it's like, like who they are. The whole state of their being is playing the game fully. And if the game is to the game, but the part of the rules of the game are to win. If you're playing it by the rules, it, but you're not thinking about where you're not worried about at that particular instant, um, winning the game. But it's nice, natural, yeah. that, but you, you're not thinking about that. You're not worried about that. You're just doing all there is. And if you're doing all there is in the play, 
you did playing it by the design of the rules. And typically the rules will tell you how to play the game and how to win the game, which is what you're playing it for in the this case is, of sports, let's say. Yeah, but the, but the because I'm not even vaguely sports oriented, the only what you're it saying board games too i mean it's the same yeah thing but, when you're with your family but what you yeah but the the listening to you speak about what you've just been speaking about I, i'm thinking of playing a band playing music there is there are rules and then when the, when you're at the edge of where the rules are there's there there are things that happen i've played in bands before and i've like on friday i was i was jamming with a bunch of pupils and there were minutes where we didn't know what was going to happen but it just happened i can't really articulate it very well no but i, I, I was... get i get the idea i've not played but i i know that that's what i love and again you can go watch soul because they play music as well yeah uh, and jazz is very much about yeah. that just about it's about that conversation there's a converse it's a conversation in the music between the different yeah. participants in the band yeah and they're listening and talking about it and yeah. you're in the zone and there's yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a certain amount of unspoken, they're not necessarily um, codified rules, but you know when you're in the in the zone and you're playing and anyway, so yeah. And, I've, and I have had that experience playing guitar where I've played something and I've noticed the reaction of the other people I'm playing with. And then I've, I've also noticed my own reaction. I'm like, where did that come from? I, I, I don't I can't explain or articulate it but what's what's interesting is that I'm very aware of what the rules are and what the framework is within which I'm operating mm. and then I'm exploring yeah. all, all the all of those characteristics to play I think it's I, I actually think everything you're saying about like I, th I, th I think asking myself am I in a play state of mind or not or or yeah. looking and looking to, for ways to create that play state of mind could be a really great way of playing the game of life and a way of approaching I, things. I think it. I think it is. And it, to come back to the question and have a little bit of a more comprehensive, not comprehensive answer, but uh, it's to look at how you're how you're being and what you're doing and what you're saying, mm. which is comes directly correlated with better knowing yourself. And we don't always know necessarily, but it's something to strive for, possibly. And if you're putting in juxtaposition or in some kind of opposition to say, well, should I play? To win the game or make others want to play with me again uh, one is to observe and be able to notice for yourself and i think this is a, let's say this is a technical term so i think it's okay to say from a language perspective mm -hmm. am i being a dick <laughs> am i being am i being am i being a dick about this about the way that i'm playing the game in order to win am i or or Am I concerned about like what the game is about whether I'm in a play state of mind and care of playing people. with others, looking after others. And I don't mean taking care of them, but just listening. Where are others at? Are, are you beating them on the head? Is that your way of playing to win? Because back to what we just talked about being in the mm -hmm. flow, if you're in the flow of things, then you're going to, you are kind of, of course you're playing to win, but there's a lot of games that everybody has a great experience of playing mm -hmm. the game and mm -hmm. might want to play again. So I think if you have that, there's another way to look at it. This, if you have that question, look at yourself and how you're playing, and maybe you're not mm. being particularly nice if nobody wants to play with you again. Mm. Uh, if you're beating it on the head of people, or if you're cheating constantly and it's not what the game is, 
because and the game happens at multiple levels like if you're playing a board game there's part of the game is to play the board game and part of a possible game is to hang out with your friends and have fun yeah and if people are cheating because it's just that's the way the game is being played at that particular point uh most of the time it's unspoken and this is where we talk about a social contract there's a lot to be said we could talk multiple episodes about social contracts yeah but it's something in my uh it's something that we talk about a lot in the in the role playing tabletop role playing game theory podcast that I contribute to and participated in French. Because the tabletop, social the social contract really yeah big time social really? contract well yes How? it is it's a big deal because uh, it's a bigger deal in role playing games than it is in any other type of games. You're gonna have to explain it to me. I'm interested. Because in role play, so it's a big deal in role playing games because role playing games are extremely subjective. Yeah. Uh, they, there's a, what I mean by that is there's a huge, so a board game uh, has specific rules that if you're mm-hmm. gathering with your friends to play the game, you mm-hmm. know immediately if you're not playing the games by the rules or not. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to be friends to play the game. Mm-hmm. You could just play the game, enjoy playing the game without ever talking or barely just what's necessary to play the game. Imagine, mm-hmm. right? That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and chip, some like, and you can take it for chess. You could, like, you can play chess with somebody you don't know, and enjoy a game of chess with somebody you don't know to enjoy the game of chess. Yeah. You could equally do the kind of thing like play Monopoly with friends and just mess around, but that's different. That's not that's not what I'm talking about. Mm. Um, tabletop role playing games are one different because they're cooperative. There's a lot mm-hmm. of cooperative board games as well, but they also have specific rules that you follow. So there's there's no interpretation, but uh, role-playing games have a huge space of interpretation of not only the rules, but what you're looking for in the game, what kind of game you're playing. Wow. And uh, and there's, a, there's just a massive range of being able to interpret that that makes it important, uh, but a very little, very little conversation. And a lot of people who start in this, well, obviously they're young and it's something that's not common, and and or weird so you might feel self-conscious about saying well okay this is what the game is about uh so to to establish what the social contract is ah okay so it feels weird to establish what a social contract is okay most of the time we don't need it and there's a there's a large uh it feels strange and some people will get riled up if, if you need to, if you feel the need to define what the con- social contract is, but uh, the social contract is there in case of, like any contract, is in case of something going wrong. Mm-hmm. So, for example, one of the simple social contracts and, and uh, something that is talked about in more... Uh, caring and inclusive and uh there's, so there's a set there's sets of tools called for emotional emotional uh, control and behavior and role-playing game tables there's multiple tools there are a lot of people that hate those kinds of things that are like well if this is going to be like that i don't want to play it but typically there's a high level of correlation between people who don't like those types of rules yeah and people who uh don't pay attention to how others feel or believe that it's I mean, they're going to be, yeah, I mean, there's a high correlation with people that are, that have problematic behaviors at a table and people who don't like the establishment of the rules. So for example, one classic, um, and these are things that you don't usually need in most social con- con- conventions because you also don't talk about things like you do in role-playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is interesting because I never considered that mm-hmm. playing role-playing games allows people to talk about 
the social contract and talk about because that's what that's exactly what we were doing last night we were establishing yeah. the relationships so playing role-playing games actually gives you a way of looking at and examining and analyzing and establishing and creating the relationships that yes. characters have between each other and the the whole world of an entire game yeah. and understanding that those rules can change now that's also the same in reality but nobody talks about it in real yeah. life yeah here's here's one funny thing that you might just, want to that's notice. blown that's just, my mind so okay did you notice how childish all the different post-it notes were were on the mirror board no i didn't did, <laughs> yes i did are, are I did. we used so i know we're usually a little bit childlike like like <laughs> silly comments that we make while we chat but yeah. this was a whole other level well arguably what i what i what i was going to point out it, it was a whole other I, level I let, and it, it I gave it, I, it didn't i didn't mind but that kind of uh so one it's interesting because so, I, I take it to a certain level as being a reaction to what we were doing mm -hmm. to the game and one way to react is to be very childish about something that you like either feel uncomfortable with or don't understand what's going on but the other thing i think no that, not nothing wrong but just no no but the other thing that i think certainly my experience last night, but certainly what I'm discovering right now in the conversation about playing game, playing role-playing games and playing games like that allows for that kind of exploration that you wouldn't normally get to do. Yeah. And you wouldn't, yes. That's what I might, love about role-playing games. It's, and it might be childish, but it's, it's there. Yeah, sure. It's, and it's, it, it doesn't, so, but you, it's, see, it's a perfectly legitimate up, expression you, of what's going on. Well, for amongst ourselves, but if you showed yes. up at a different table and you didn't say and you didn't say and agree at the beginning, okay, well, this is we're playing and uh, no childish behavior at the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. And now among friends, of course, there's always a level of childish behavior. But mm -hmm. what I'm talking about is, for example, there's one series of tools called the uh, lines and veils. Veils. Okay. Uh, the idea is to have to be able for people to say that there's content that they would be uncomfortable with or mm -hmm. that we would don't want to have at the table at all in the stories that we're going to tell. Because there's a lot of different types of games, including games that would have either potentially uh, difficult or... Um, the themes might be challenging. The themes might be challenging. So, so for example, so the lines and lines are lines are things and topics where you agree from the beginning that those are just don't exist. We will not cover and talk about anything to do with that topic or theme. Okay. It can be just, and veils are something that may happen within the game, but you're just going to throw a veil on it and pass over the fact that it happens. So you don't go into detail. Okay, cool. Uh, so it's a way for people to protect themselves. And it's as simple as, and it, it feels like, so as simple as, so for example, I would go, well, the lines in my game is there's no, no sexual assault or violence, uh, no sexual assault, violence, no, no violence towards children mm -hmm. uh, or like anything to do with violence in children. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. And the veils on anything to do with sex. You know, there might be something that happens with sex, but you just like pass over it once it happens. You don't describe no, that's it. That's a really great mechanic. I never knew uh, that. Or, or similarly, so a, a friend of mine who plays has a phobia of needles. Like uh -huh. that's it's her thing. So like one of her lines when we play is there's just need, is a line, no needles, no talk of needles, no mention of needles, nothing. Wow. 
that and it's so great that and again i'm getting this for the first time right and i can see why people why i'm remembering at school there were a bunch of friends that i had who did really play a lot of role-playing games and i was kind of on the edge listening and like i never really played but it was the that idea of being able to articulate what works for you and where your lines are and whatever and being able to communicate that to other people is a really powerful thing to be able to do and you get to practice that in the context of a game yes and i like to think that if you can do it in the context of a game you could do it in real life possibly maybe there's a lot there there is a lot to be taken in that direction and there's a lot of contra not controversy but discussion around those kinds of things which i think are really powerful because they allow a lot of people to be able to say this is what we want and avoid really silly situations because that's mm. a lot of what, uh, not silly, but just, or, you know, just wrong situations uh, of, you know, going into some kind of adventure and all of a sudden there's like some sexual assault thing where you're like, well, I don't, I don't, okay, why, why is this happening? Yeah, because weren't we talking about the fact that there's a lot more push and a big discussion within the world of role-playing games for representation, inclusion, yeah. Were we, were we talking, were we talking about yeah, that? yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, and is sure. that just is that happening within the world of role playing games now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it hadn't happened before. Uh, it's been happening for a while, but it's it's uh, it's happening in the world all over, right? It's yeah, me too, yeah, yeah. Me too has it. Me too has been. It was already there, probably to a certain extent, in role playing games, because of course, like the world of gaming altogether, it's a it's um. Uh, it's a kind of area that's overrepresented in dudes, <laughs> just in general, uh, and that's more and more popular than before. That's you know the Dungeons and Dragons as its most popular year ever. Yeah. Uh, last year, thanks to actual plays like Critical Role, so YouTube shows where there's people playing, so there's a lot more people that be, got to be aware of it. Yeah. Uh, more play, more people playing online. Uh, and now there's a lot of traditional, just just like in the world of video games. So there's more and more women and uh, and either non-binary or other kinds of people uh, playing those games, but uh, playing all kinds of games. And the games are going into like how do we become involved and to be more inclusive to attract more a wider variety of people, women, mm. which which could make the game more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sure. and I, and I think it does. The whole world of game life real life game i think it's a it does it certainly makes it more, i think more accessible to to actually and and again i'm discovering this right now the, sure. the making and breaking down situations in real life in a game situation where you get to explore and bring play to it would support help create real life situations yeah. it's it's that whole well, there's, a, there's, a, there's enormous amounts of values from playing and role-playing games that people get in terms of confidence in terms of being okay with themselves in terms of that there's tons of different uh value that people get mm. from playing role-playing games and play sure. and, and play of, is of so important for learning into, anyway you could also take it into escaping and it's equally used i don't know about equally but you know so people will use it to escape their day-to-day because there's a lot about escape as well and just living in trying to experience or imagine and put it's up but for sure but because it would by virtue of it being role-playing game a lot of what you're doing is putting yourself into somebody else's shoes mm-hmm. so there is naturally an encouragement to look beyond how your own experience is mm. uh, but i say that although you could also play for 30 years the same exact character because some people do that 
some people have played exactly the same game of Dungeons and Dragons with the same character with the same friends every week, like their poker night. And I'm not saying that's right. wrong. It's great. Yeah. But yeah. It, but then if you've been playing the same thing for 30 years, you might not have been massively encouraging yourself to step into somebody else's shoes. Like you chose the shoes 30 years ago and you're still doing the same. No, so it depends. There's all sorts of different ways to play it. Just what I was saying, but also just like the game of life, I guess. Yeah. 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 I'm reminded of that story you told me about where you, I don't know. I can't remember who it is you were talking to. You asked them. So what is it? What are you guys playing now? Is it Fortnite? Oh, that, the, the story that I came to, that was a Twitter thing that I saw. Yeah. People were like, no, have you heard about this thing called this Fortnite show yesterday? Have you heard of this thing called Dungeons and Dragons? That's yeah. Yeah, it is. And I, I think there's play. The importance of play can't be understated. It yeah. can't. As a, as a way of learning, the fact it's innate, the fact you see, yeah, animals, everybody, that it's a... It's such a, well, every, not everybody, everything. Well, a living thing. Mammals living in particular, thing. but not only. Yeah, and birds. Learn through play. So, play. sure, play to win and also play to have other people want to play with you again. Mm. And uh, if you're not a dick, generally you'll find people who want to play with you. And if some people don't want to play with you, it's also not personal. Maybe it's just whatever. So a lot, I guess we were talking about the School of Life videos. I was checking out a few School of Life videos. You can also go there. I'm sure we might have other episodes on uh, getting over what people think of you. But yeah, don't be a dick. <laughs> Sorry, it's a good one. And if you look and ask, you know, find out more about what, because we don't see it. If I said something that was offensive to someone, I would trust the friend to tell me yeah. that they've said something so that I can readjust yeah. uh, because otherwise I don't know what's going on and I don't know what I've said. Yep. And if they don't tell you, then maybe they're not that much of a friend anyway. Yep. And so much of the drama I see with the older people's, is, well, with all the people's actually, doesn't matter what age, 11 to 18 in my school, well, yeah. is where something like that hasn't been addressed. Yeah. And then it balloons into this huge thing. It's, mm -hmm. And it's a very normal thing for teenagers yes. and most adults to do anyway. Yeah. And we spend a lot of time in that kind of drama. Uh, which cool. is actually, I would venture to say, not all that interesting and not that worth spending that much time. Now, I say this as somebody who's, of course, spent a lot of time as a drama queen, as in high school, agonizing over like, oh my God, I'm in love with this lady who's not in love with me or whatever else is going on. I had a whole big drama with a bunch of people who'd rejected me and I didn't understand why, because supposedly I'd said something about someone that I didn't and, you know, that kind of thing yeah so that's just also the drama of teenagehood discovering how much of a drama queen i was in my early 20s through the self-development work that i did was a shock and oh, then yeah. get I, and I, I, it took until i was 37 to discover that so <laughs> and but get i mean getting to own it and then have the choice was was what was really liberating for me it's like oh wow i didn't have to, it, there's always i can enjoy the game if you're interested in looking at them there's what sorry Always new things to discover about yourself if you're interested in looking. And sometimes we're not. I Sometimes I'm less interested in really hardcore looking at things, which is probably these days. I'm like, yeah, I'm happy with what's going on. I don't want to go and look at discover dark things again in my how I am. I've done a lot of that. Not saying I'm never going to do that again. And there's always new things to discover. But sometimes, you know, I'm just like, okay, cool. I've done, yeah, I've done enough. it is what it is. So keep playing, basically. Yeah. Enjoy the game.